the game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen in studio. EA, another week goes by. I do want to say that although the Jets did lose Saturday against the Texans, you, you can't not be excited about what you're seeing out of Sam Darnold. And really, this part of the season for fans, when the team is eliminated from playoff contention, that's really what you want to see is your rookie quarterback, the guy that you believe will lead this franchise to winning records for the years to come, performs well. A lot of buzz in the stadium Saturday night, and I don't think it necessarily started that way, but it all goes back to him sitting out a few weeks, over a month, where he didn't see any game action with that strained right foot, came back against the Buffalo Bills, did his damage late, becoming the youngest quarterback in NFL history to lead a game-winning drive leads the Jets to a come-from-behind victory that had to do wonders for his confidence the following week against the Houston Texans. I know a lot of people, rightfully so, were were wondering what was the Jets' offense going to be able to do against the Texans' defense because you're minus Isaiah Crowell. Obviously, Bilal Powell's been on injury reserve for a while. Quincy Inunua was down. You're shuffling a lot of pieces up front along that offensive line. But I think Darnold turned in the best effort so far of his young NFL career, 24-38, 253, two touchdowns. He also used his feet very well, six rushes, 35 yards. Um, and uh, Josh McCown told me after the game that you knew about his athletic ability, but now he's starting to win in the pocket, and that was always the question with any of these young guys. And Darnold's starting to show a lot of positive signs. So for me, I'm kind of disappointed that the season's going to end in two weeks. Sure, but it, it is nice to close on a high note. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's going to play the way that he has been. Yeah, but my point week. is, that I just want this kid to keep on playing. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it's been well documented the time between the end of this season and the beginning of next season. Really, where OTAs begin in the spring is where Donald will see the most growth or where you would assume most quarterbacks see the most growth from their rookie year to their sophomore year. But Saturday was the third time this season that Sam Darnold has had a rating of 100 or more. You think about week six against the Colts, debatably one of the better performances for Sam Darnold. I thought this one was more impressive because I thought – uh, maybe uh, while the offensive line played very well against the Texans, I, th- I thought the Jets had everything going offensively against the Colts, and I, I don't think the Colts played awfully well that game. I, uh, so I would just say that, to me, uh, yeah, his completion percentage wasn't as high as it was against the Colts, but I think overall he was doing better things. I agree. I think that you mentioned it that Darnold looked more comfortable in the pocket and he was more decisive. And and what I really liked, there was one play in particular where he gets the snap, immediately realizes that no one's really open. He only needed X amount of yards to get the first down and immediately tucked and ran, got the first down. 
thousand. I think it was probably like third and five or so. Right. And he tucked it, ran, slid, popped up. That, that was it. And I think what you're seeing is Donald look a lot more comfortable at the line of scrimmage pre-snap, understanding what exactly he wants to do, what defense is what the defense is trying to do. And Sam Donald said it himself, taking a couple weeks off, although it was because of an unfortunate reason with the strained right foot, eventually ended up helping him because it helped him slow the game down, slow his mind down a little bit while learning from Josh McCown. Not that he hasn't been learning, but he, he sees it through a different lens, watching Josh McCown lead the starting offense, lead the first-team offense and practice and walk through and everything that he does. And, frankly, I'm excited to see what Sam Darnold does, not only this weekend against the Packers, but then up in Foxborough against Tom Brady and the Patriots because that is probably one of the tougher places to play in the NFL. Well, I don't think the Patriots have lost a home this year. I was just looking at it. The, the Patriots are 9-5 and five as we enter, what, week 16 of the National Football League season. They are 3-5 and five on the road. So, yeah, Gillette, they don't lose too much there. But that's why I don't think the New England Patriots are going to the Super Bowl this year, Greens, because they're going to have to possibly play on the road at least twice. I don't see the Patriots going to the Super Bowl, but this pod is not about uh, completely about the Patriots. I would <laughs> just, just a small portion. Uh, I would say home and away splits really have my attention right now because the Jets have a hell of an opportunity to win this week. And I know a lot of fans are still focusing on the 2019 draft. I say don't worry about that, whether you have the number three overall selection or which the Jets would have if the season ended today. But, oh, by the way, the season doesn't end today, so they don't have the number three overall selection. So you're probably going to have anywhere between, what, three and ten or one and ten or whatever. I don't know. My point is you're going to have a good pick at the top of the first round, and I want to see a Darnold win some games. He has an opportunity to win another one this week against a struggling Green Bay Packers team that is a 5-8-1. And, and oh, by the way, they are 0-7 and seven on the road in 2018. We're going to catch up with Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel later on in the show. He also has a podcast. You can listen to that on JS Online. It is a Packers podcast, but this is the official New York Jets podcast. So... We talk about Sam Darnold and we keep talking about him, but I, I want it to be known that the Jets almost won last week's game. And, and I know it's a sour taste in the fans' mouth. Well, maybe not the fans if they want the better draft pick. It's pro actually, last week was probably the best-case scenario for fans that want to see Darnold play well but want the higher draft pick. But this is not about the draft. I think that's a loser's mentality. Well, that, that's, I think, what the pulse of most fans is right now. They want the high pick, but they want their, their guy to shine. Of course. At the end of the day, you want to have a draft pick that is higher. I mean, once you get to April. But you play to win the game. Whoa, Herm Edwards in the studio. You have, you have your quarterback. You have your quarterback. So, I don't know. I'm sure you are a big draft guy. I haven't studied too much the draft. I watch a lot of college football. I don't know if there's a big difference between picking three and eight in the draft, buddy, this uh, year especially, well, considering I, you got a quarterback. I think, I think a couple things. I think that, one, this class as it stands is edge rusher heavy. So, no, I, I don't think that there's a big difference. The other part 
is that I think a lot of fans want a high pick just as trade bait, simply as trade bait, so someone will get up and overpay so the Jets can trade down and stockpile picks. I think that's really what it's about. We're playing fantasy football. What I would say is what's realistic is that you do have financial flexibility. The Jets are going to add pieces around Sam Darnold. That is factual. It is going to happen. How that is going to look, I don't know. What positions they are, um, if it's a guy on the line, if it's a receiver, it's a running back, they are going to add pieces around Sam Darnold even before the draft. So, uh, again, we're trying to look at the draft right now. Which is the, impossible because the draft board also will shuffle and shuffle oh, and shuffle. Up, up and down. Senior Bowl, Combine, right. and then there's always that late, that late riser that comes in smoking hot. Yeah. Um, but, again, uh, you got your quarterback. Let's see what happens. Let's see what some of the pieces that you add around him in free agency. And then we'll get to the draft and, and we'll study uh, where they're at. Yes, you want to build for the draft, but oh, by the way, you got Sam Darnold in the draft. All right, more Jets talk after we catch up with Tom Silverstein, but let's bring Tom on the pod. <laughs> Delighted now to be joined by Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Tom, thanks so much for joining on the official Jets podcast. You're welcome. Pleasure and, to be here. And you. Tom also has a podcast. You got to listen to that. That's the Packers podcast on JS Online. A little cross promotion here on the official Jets podcast. All podcasts are friends of each other's podcasts. But let's talk about this Jets Packers matchup for a second here, because I feel like a lot of fans back in the beginning beginning of the year obviously thought of the Packers as a team that would be making the playoffs and win the NFC North or be in contention for that. So, what do you feel like has happened this year in Green Bay? Well, uh, boy, where do I get started? <laughs> um, you know, it started with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt in the season opener and injuring his knee, and a lot of what Mike McCarthy's plans for the season got altered pretty dramatically because of the things that uh, Rodgers was limited to. I mean, for a while he couldn't line up under center. He had to do everything out of the shotgun or the pistol. And so, you know, things just kind of, they just kind of struggled offensively. Then they found out, you know, that they really uh, didn't have enough help at wide receiver, that they were playing with, you know, they, they lost one of their veteran guys, Geronimo Allison, and then they're playing two rookies. And then, you know, Jimmy Graham hasn't been as good as they thought he would be. And it's just been kind of one thing after another. And then Rodgers just has not been playing well. He's he's missing receivers that you've never seen him miss before. I mean, it's really pretty remarkable how uh, different he is, you know, and you're used to a certain standard, and he's not hitting that standard right now. So just it's been one thing after ever, and they had a brutal schedule. They had to play four road games in five weeks, and the road games were at L.A., uh, then at New England, then they went to Seattle, and then Minnesota, and they lost all of them, and they haven't won on the road all year. So it's just been one of those years where, you know, it's 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 not been pretty, and then McCarthy lost his job because of it. Yes. So. Some people, Tom, are saying that, 
This is the first season that the Packers will not be in the playoffs with a healthy Aaron Rodgers since 2008. But what I would ask you is, is Aaron Rodgers healthy? I know he's been playing, and you mentioned he hasn't been the same guy. Do you attribute that to injury? Because just looking at it from afar, and we've seen a little bit of Aaron Rodgers when we're not covering the Jets, of course, because you're still getting a lot of primetime exposure there in Green Bay, that his numbers haven't been awful if you consider him 61 62%. I know that's not a typical A-Rod year in terms of completion percentage, but wow, it's really struck out to me that the interceptions are so low. What is he, 23 touchdowns and two interceptions so far this year? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the problem, actually. Uh, he's thrown more passes away. He's been less uh, willing to take any chances. And I think that's what hurt his game more than anything, is that he has played it safe. And he's sort of, I don't know if he's gotten um, caught up in the whole interception thing. You know, he had this broke the record for the streak of uh, longest uh, number of attempts before throwing an interception, but he's not throwing guys open. He's not throwing a lot of contested balls. He's, you know, scrambling a lot. He'll just bail out of the pocket and go to the scramble play really quickly. And it's been really remarkable the number of um, uh, receivers that he's not thrown the ball to. You look at it and you go, okay, that guy's open in your mind, but in his mind he's not. And that's that's a big, big change to what you know you're used to. Yeah. And uh there's just something, you know, uh, early on it was that he wasn't happy with the offense, that McCarthy's offense was boring and it wasn't doing what all the things that, you know, that, that Sean McVay's doing and, um, you know, Shanahan and, and that they had gotten stale. And all of a sudden, um, they're just, he just is a different guy. And that's kind of how it's been all year. What are your thoughts on the job Mike McCarthy did in Green Bay? Uh, we think about all the playoff appearances, and he did lead the Packers to a Super Bowl championship. It seems like uh, that relationship with Aaron Rodgers fell apart at, at some point. But overall, what do you think about the job he did in Green Bay and also uh, how good of a head coach Mike McCarthy is? Uh, I think he did a phenomenal job, and I don't think you can ever take away uh, what he what he did there, which was uh, go to a Super Bowl and four NFC Championship games. And uh, while you know his detractors will say, "Well, you didn't win enough Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers," well, you know that's that's sort of. Uh, comes with the territory. I mean, you want to say that about Sean Payton, that he hasn't won enough with Drew Brees. You know, the only guy you say has consistently won is Tom Brady. And there's just winning Super Bowls is hard. McCarthy's put them in the, he's every single year they were in the mix. You know, they were a team that had a chance to go somewhere, you know, and it didn't happen every year. So, I think he did a phenomenal job, and I think he'd be uh, a really solid coach for anybody. 
And I think the thing that, um, the only thing I would say with the caveat is that I do think he needs to add some uh, youth to his offensive staff. He needs to bring in some new people who can have some different ideas because he's surrounded himself with a lot of the guys who are steeped in the offense that he has, this matchup offense. And this offense is really good, but you have to have really good players for it to succeed. And I think that's kind of been the the issue for the Packers is that they're in a transition period. You know, they're transitioning from uh, a new with a new GM and he's brought in new players and they kind of got a little bit old and now they're they're retooling. Yeah. And so that that played a role in in their record this year. How would you describe Mike McCarthy's style off the field and how would you describe his offense? So um, he he's a straight shooter. I mean, he's he's a guy from Pittsburgh. He's he's all Pittsburgh, you know. I mean, he is he is a, a, a very much a, a down to earth. Um, he, he's not a pretty talker or, or a big rah rah guy. He's he's really organized. He's really good at. Um, uh, he loves calling plays. He loves the challenge of calling plays, and he's pretty good at it. People around here will will dispute that, but I I, um, I think the thing with his offense is he it's totally a, a, a matchup offense. He does not do a lot of scheming to get people open. He what he does is try to create one on one matchups that favor the offense. So if you have really good receivers, he's going to get one of those guys open. One way or another, someone's going to get a one-on-one. Yeah. And then he counts on them getting open. And they don't, you know, this year that hasn't happened because they've had some rookie receivers who just are still learning the offense. And so it's been a little bit different that way. What do you think the Packers need as uh, they look to the offseason? We're going to get to the matchup here in a second. We're definitely not forgetting Jets-Packers, but uh, it's just been a fascinating there, uh, fascinating year there in Green Bay, yeah. and uh, you've been right in the midst of it for so long, Tom. What do you think the Packers do need in terms of a new leader when their search begins uh, if Joe Philbin just finishes out here and then they start that uh, coaching search in earnest? Well, the the big thing is, you know, and and I think every candidate they bring in, you have to ask yourself, okay, you have to ask this guy, okay, what would you do with Aaron Rodgers right now? You know, how how would you get him playing back to the way he was playing? And, you know, I, I would be curious to hear from all of the candidates, especially the offensive one, you know, what what is your offensive plan? Who do you plan on bringing in as some of your um, assistants? Do you have some a strong quarterbacks coach, a guy who probably has played the position because Rodgers is going to need somebody he really trusts and and respects. And uh, are you you know to what degree are you going to be able to coach him? And then you know are you willing to? Uh, be just a coach because they have a GM and he has total say over personnel, but 
he doesn't have total control over the whole football operation, which is a weird setup. It's sort of like the head coach reports to the president, the GM reports to the president, and the cap guy reports to the president. So I'm not really sure. I guess the president's in charge. That would be Mark Murphy. And it's it's not a great setup, And um, but you have to find out, are you okay with that? You know, uh, will you be able to work with the GM? and play his guys and 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 so that's the kind of stuff that they're going to be looking at i think they could hire an offensive or defensive guy they've traditionally hired offensive guys i mean going all the way back to uh you know forrest gregg lindy infante mike holmgren you know ray Rhodes was the one difference and he lasted one year mike sherman mike mccarthy so you would think they'd be after an offensive guy, but you never know. I mean, I think they need to look at Vic Fangio in Chicago. Mm. He's been kicking their butt for, you know, a decade. <laughs> and, you know, if you can't, if you can't beat them, join them. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look at him, too. Uh, Tom, uh, very recently in the Journal Sentinel, you wrote that Mike Patton is making his case to stay on if, in fact, the Packers do elect to go with an offensive mind as their head coach. Can you talk about uh, Pettin, the former Jets defensive coordinator, what he's been doing there in his first year in Green Bay, considering all those injuries on the defensive side of the ball? And then let's fast forward to Sunday. What do you expect Pettin is going to throw at rookie quarterback Sam Darnold? Yeah, he's done a really solid job. I mean, I don't think you could have asked for anything more for a guy who's playing. So they've had so many injuries in, you know, in, in on defense that on Sunday they were playing with um, two rookie corners where they're two starters. Their third corner has been played only about four games for Shad Breland. It was a veteran, but he's been hurt pretty much all year. They're playing with Tremont Williams, a a career corner, playing safety for the first time. And uh, they're playing with a guy they picked up off the street two weeks ago at uh, their nickel linebacker spot. So all that said, you know, they were missing their two best defensive linemen, Mike uh, Daniels and Kenny Clark. They lost Muhammad Wilkerson at the beginning of the year. He's just put together, he's just kept them together. And I, his third down defense has been really good. They they have these moments where they play poorly, but then they always seem to get their act together. And I, I think he's just done a really nice job. Is he going to be sending everything but the kitchen sink against Darnold on Sunday? You think a lot of blitz packages, a lot of overloads? I, you know, that's really interesting because, of course, you know, you know, you guys know him well. He's was uh, the, running the Rex Ryan defense, and and they do blitz. But he's picked up some other things along the way too. Uh, you know, and he said that that it's being out of football for a year or two gave him a chance to look at some other schemes, and he's kind of blended some things in. So yeah, you'll see some some of those blitzes, but it won't be constant you know there'll be times where he'll he'll drop eight guys and then other times he'll bring corner blitzes uh he's 
he's really had to mix things up to, you know, have some success with this defense. It probably won't look exactly like it did, but uh, it, you will see some of those blitzes. They brought him against uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, last week, but, you know, only in a controlled manner. So The Packers are 0-7 on the road. They haven't, been win- yes. they haven't been winless on the road since 1978. I know the team obviously has endured a lot of difficulty this year, but can you point? To- you you talked about the schedule strength before as far as they had a brutal road schedule, but in addition to that, can you point to anything specifically and say this is why this team can't get it done away from home? Well, aside from the Washington game, They've been in every single one of those games, and they they could have won every single one of those. Maybe New England was a little borderline, but they they were tied in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Seattle that they should have they had a chance to win that with a game winning drive. The Rams they were all set. They had two two oh five to go, down by uh, two, and their kick returner for some reason decides to take it out of the end zone and fumbles and they, they lose the game. Then uh, Minnesota, they were right in it all the way. And Seattle, they, they had a chance to win. So it's been like that every single week. And it was like that in Chicago. They had a chance. They tied it up late. You know, they had the ball uh, at the 50-yard line after a stop with the game tied and Rodgers overthrows two guys for sure touchdown. Or one of them's a for sure touchdown. The other's a big game. They just can't get over the hump on these close games. And, you know, these are games that Rodgers wins all the time, you know, or has won all the time. You give him a chance with on the road, he, he's been, you know, a, a dagger thrower. And he's not done that this year. And that's probably the biggest explanation. Tom, when you look at this matchup on both sides of the ball, do you see or what are the areas in which you think that the Jets could exploit the Packers that maybe the Packers are a little less strong than years past? Well, you know, on defense, they I mean, they are they are really beat up on the defensive line. So you're going to want to try to um, run on them. Their pass rush isn't going to be all that great. They're going to have to blitz to create pass rush. So if you can pick up their blitzes, then you got a chance to uh, gash them pretty good. Um, offensively, you know, they, they're playing with a backup right tackle and a backup right guard. And so, you know, you got to put pressure on Rodgers off of that side. I mean, you got to take advantage of those guys. Uh, the rest of their offensive line is very good. But those two young guys on Jason Spriggs at right tackle and uh, Lucas Patrick at right guard. You gotta you gotta take advantage of that. Um, their best running back is out, Aaron Jones. Yep. So you should hold them to you know twenty four points max, unless Rodgers for some reason breaks out. But it, it, it's a winnable game for the Jets. It really is. You just as long as you know the Packers don't don't turn other teams over much they, they have like seven interceptions the whole year and uh they're just they're just a very mediocre team right now last one for me uh, do you like what you've seen out of sam darnold obviously you're you got uh, the packers that you're covering and you're, you're chronicling 
Aaron Rodgers every step and every misstep so far in 2018. But uh, the last couple weeks has uh, Darnold impressed you. And considering it looks like Aaron Rodgers is still going to play these final two games, um, do you think that adds a little juice to this matchup as far as Aaron Rodgers, one of the game's all-time greats at the position, and the Jets' uh, rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's starting to take some steps as his rookie year comes to a conclusion. Yeah, I, as much as, you know, I, I'd like to try to build it that way, I, I can't really see it in any lens other than the Packers are playing out this year. <laughs> they're just, they're done. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing for them to accomplish in these last two years, their last two games. There's a lot of young guys who want to be around next year that want to, you know, want to play and want to play hard. And they'll play hard for Joe Philbin. They like Joe Philbin a lot. But, uh, you know, from, from a, you know, pro- matchup, you know, getting psyched about a game or something like that, I, I don't know. I think it's they're just playing because they're professionals, and that's what they do. They play. Uh, but there's, like, no added incentive. Um, as, as far as Darnold, I'm sure, um, you know, I've had a chance to watch a little bit. Of, I've seen more of uh, Baker Mayfield because Cleveland is just, you know, a team that I know a little bit more of. They have some Packers guys who are running that, that show. Um, but the, the bit I've seen on Darnold is, you know, he's having what I think is a typical rookie year for, for a quarterback. And that's not bad. You learn a lot in that first year. You know, Rogers sat for three years and didn't really get that chance to go through all the, all the things that a rookie quarterback gets to go through when he plays. And so it's a really valuable time for him. And, you know, I think these last two games for him, are really important because you know he he's trying to build something there. The Packers are just trying to finish out and you know figure out where where the heck they are. But I think you know with with the Jets, I, I would guess that they're trying to build something for next year, even if it's with a different coach. Real quick, just bouncing off of EA's topic right there before we let you go. I, I know you've only seen a little bit of Sam Darnold, but do you see any resemblance? to Aaron Rodgers in the sense of the magical sloppiness, the ability to extend and excel off script? You know, that, that's, a, that's a tough question because the thing about Rodgers is that it, it developed over time. You know, his this uh, scramble ability, that was not who he was right in the beginning. Um, he's, they sort of gave him a lot. As time went on, they went to more no huddle and they gave him more freedom to do things at the line of scrimmage. And his scrambling was not at the beginning was not as big a part of his game. It, it, it sort of developed later when he figured out um, how much of a weapon that could be. And I think that's sort of the line that you see with like a, a Josh Allen. Um, and I think Darnold's the same way. When do you use it? And, you know, do you overuse it or do you keep it under control? And I, I think at this point, you know, a lot of times when they're running, it's just running to get out of trouble. But soon they'll use it, you know, after a while, like Rogers did, you start to use it as a weapon. 
and that's kind of the transition that you start uh, looking for. Well, Tom, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, fans can follow you at uh, Tom Silverstein and also go to js.com, not only just to read Tom, but he's got a blog on there. Uh, i got a podcast on there the as Packers well. Packers Podcast. The Packers Podcast. We will see you at MetLife Stadium this weekend, sir. You betcha. I will be there. All right. Many thanks to Tom again for joining the official Jets podcast this week. EA, we've talked a lot about Sam Darnold and for... Rightfully so. Rightfully so. No doubt about it. But what do you think of the way Eli McGuire and Trenton Cannon played after Isaiah Crowell went on IR early last week? Yeah. How do you think they played against the Texans? And what would you like to see out of these guys in what is really very much so valuable reps for these guys moving forward the past the last two weeks? I thought Jeremy Bates called a good game. There was a lot of balance out there. Um, it was nice to see Eli McGuire getting uh, some help from his friends there on his touchdown against the Houston Texans in the fourth quarter. That TD actually gave the Jets a lead, so he's got scores in consecutive weeks. Cannon, um, take nothing away from the reps he is getting offensively, he's incredible on special teams. That's one of the stories that just falls under the radar because he's brought here to be a return man, and all of a sudden has become one of the best gunners I've seen in person this year, period. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, those guys are getting big-time reps down the stretch, so it's very important. And I also got, I also got to credit the offensive line because you got Jonathan Harrison at center. You got Spencer Long, who was going to be your center at left guard because James Carpenter's on injured reserve. Now, Brandon Shell probably is going to head to injured reserve. We're sitting here taping on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, and he, it looked like he suffered, I'm not a doctor, but they had to bring the card out for him. I would imagine he's going to be out for a while, so you might be dealing with Brent Quale at and, right and, tackle. And even, and even if the shell injury isn't as catastrophic or as severe as we think, two weeks two is weeks, not a long yeah, time. Two weeks, yeah. It's a week and a half from now, the season one in New England. So I, I, I got to credit the offensive line and what the guys have done in the backfield. And there are certain pieces that we talk about adding to – the mix to help Darnold out here in the future. But there are guys developing in front of our own eyes. Robbie Anderson and Darnold are showing that chemistry uh, the last couple weeks. How about Chris Herndon? He looks like a big-time keeper, and he's got a tremendous rhythm going with Sam Darnold. Eli McGuire is going to be here for a while. Trenton Cannon is going to be here for a while. But all those reps are valuable for those guys. And then... Even if you do add along the offensive line, your depth's been tested here, and I think the guys have responded. I was about to look up a stat, but you cut your point short, so I, I wasn't going to look it up. Go ahead, I, look it up. No, no, no. I saw something that Jordan Leggett has had, like a catch Catching in eight, si yeah, eight consecutive games. Is it eight? I thought it was like six. I six. Regardless, I mean, that's not that he's overachieving. No. Because he's not, but it's, it's nice to see Jordan Leggett finally touch the field and make somewhat of an impact. After last year, he basically didn't play the entire year. His rookie year was cut short. Yeah. Uh, to me, it just goes back to Herndon. I'm not taking anything away from no, 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 like it. it. I'm not trying to, like, Yeah, go, I, I, I'm just trying to say, like, at least there's something. There's somewhat of a future there at the tight end position after being non-existent for a couple of years. I would agree with that. And uh, Darnold's the two of his most impressive plays against Houston is he's rolling to the right in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, a lot of people thought, hey, maybe he's just going to tuck it, and he threw a touch pass to Herndon. And then he also did that in the first half where he's rolling to his left, and he throws another touch pass. So that's what we had heard about Darnold for a long time is the accuracy on the move. Well, we're seeing it more and more. And how about the design role from Jeremy Bates there where he does the spin this was early in the third quarter, and then threw that twenty-yard dart to Robbie Anderson. The spin, the yeah. spin where he rolled to his left. Yes. You okay. Yeah, that's definitely designed. I, I, I asked Pennington about it because I can't make that call and say, "Hey, is that something?" Where he reads JJ Watt immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, wasn't that the first play when Brent Quale was in, or one of the first that he was in? Uh, I'm not sure. You might remember on that. Uh, your memory might serve you correctly, but all I'm saying is I asked Pennington because he knows as far as the quarterback position, things like that. He thinks that's a play you work on in a practice, mm -hmm. and it's a sprint left. It's a sprint left. So when you work on it in a practice, what he said, and you can watch this Jets flight plan Sunday morning, we'll be back on 1130 CBS, is that he does the spin in practice and then sprints left, throws it up the sideline. You do whatever you're comfortable with there. And Darnold probably worked on that during the week. Darnold's accuracy on the run has very, has been very impressive all year. And you saw glimpses of it in the preseason and training camp. And to see it in the regular season with, with live bullets is very nice to see. And, and if you're a Jets fan, you have to be encouraged. This whole Aaron Rodgers thing is uh, it's crazy that we talked to Tom about. I, I almost don't, not that I don't believe Tom, but it, it, I almost don't. You better believe, believe Tom. I do, but I almost <laughs> don't believe what is happening in Green Bay, because when you think how great of a player Aaron Rodgers is, you're just kind of waiting for him to erupt. You, I feel like you're just waiting for him to finally be Aaron Rodgers that you're used to. It might but happen. That, yeah, that might not be this year. Well, I don't think it's going to be this year. Uh, he could come out and throw darts all over the field, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, so that was very interesting analysis because we just look at numbers greens and maybe we see a Packers game once a year or twice a year um, when we have the fortune of being home or something like that. But he said the interception number kind of is indicative of what's going on with him because I look at him like, the guy's not turning the ball over. That's, he's doing a great <laughs> job. Where Tom is saying he's not taking any kind of chances down the field mm -hmm. and it's hurting this team. And he's not being decisive in the pocket. Uh, he's not trusting his reads. These are certain things that we were talking about with Sam Darnold, you know, with the rookie quarterback. So, I mean, he is human. Uh, and, and he did uh, deal with that knee injury earlier in the year. Um, obviously, some uh, philosophical differences with former head coach Mike McCarthy. But they had a tremendous run together, no matter how it ended. Uh, but Joe Philbin said this week that, hey, it's all about being professional. I would imagine the Packers come in here with a professional effort. Uh, but as Tom said, the Packers and the Jets are in completely different situations heading into week 16. It's crazy to think about. But I will say that Devontae Adams is a great player, so the Jets might have their hand full he is. With, with him. He is a great player, but I don't think he is on... And, and this is not a bulletin board material because nobody's saying this downstairs. He is not on the same level as DeAndre Hopkins. No, I think DeAndre Hopkins is on another level than most people in the league. No, I'm saying that. But 
Devontae Adams got 1,300 yards receiving. Yeah, he has uh, 12 touchdowns. Yes. Uh, but I see other guys on there who I look at their numbers and I'm like, well, what's happening there? Because Randall Cobb yeah, used to be a very productive player. Yeah, that is, that's very interesting to think about, too. And that one of your favorite names of the draft was... Uh, Equinemius Samuel. Yeah, Adams? right. He's one of the guys in there. And then they had an undrafted free agent who's out uh, Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. <laughs> they got the all-name team there. Yeah, the all-name team they do. And, and then of course, they, they have Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham. But Jimmy Graham... He's not Jimmy Graham of old. No, but, but it's much like Rob Gronkowski, I think. Um, different players, but the, who were very good, very elite at the position for a long time. Those guys are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rodgers, making the transition back to Rodgers, I think Rodgers can get it back. I don't know if that's going to happen Sunday or whoever they finish up with. And that's going to be an attractive head coaching job for somebody. And I'm pretty sure the Packers have a lot of picks this year, too. They have two. I know they had two picks in the first round, the 2019 draft. But, uh, you know, I was hoping when the schedule came out, we were going to get a chance of seeing Mike uh, Muhammad Wilkerson and Mike Patton's defense. But obviously that hasn't happened. A disappointing season for uh, Mo, big Mo uh, on the edge of reserve, I believe. Yeah, he he had a leg injury pretty early on this year. Yeah. Uh, But we'll we'll get an up-close-and-personal look at the Packers this Sunday. I got to reiterate that it's Sunday and not Saturday because Saturday football has begun in the NFL. But Sunday, 1 o'clock, Jets-Packers, Week 16. We'll see you at MetLife.